Hey guys, my guest today, medium and intuitive healer Susan Allen, is going to talk about what it's like communicating with animals. We'll be right back. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. Happy Monday. I know it's Monday after all the holidays and stuff, so we're just trying to get back into routine. But my name is Charlotte. Maybe I can help you out with that. And I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Based out of Sacramento, California, we are 45 strong up and down the state, which means wherever you are, we can get to you. Now, just a word of caution, California is a big state, so it might take us a day or two to get to you, but we will get to you. And in that case, we do have mediums on staff who could phone you and if whatever's going on with you is paranormal in most cases they can calm things down until we can get out there and do and, and, and do and do our investigation and everything like that all right that being said for those of you watching from facebook and i know that you are please hit that follow button if you haven't done so already same thing with youtube if you uh, haven't subscribed yet please do subscribe we have more than 800 videos of this show in this format sitting there on youtube just waiting for you to see, and I have them all under categories, cryptids, you name it. Just click click on a folder and you're there. Uh, Facebook, you can find us as California Haunts, California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, Sacramento Sears, S-E-E-R-S, California Haunts Ghostly Events. Over on YouTube, we are youtube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio. Over on TikTok, we are California Haunts. Twitter, we are Cal Haunts. And Twitch, we are California Haunts. It's a whole mouthful. We're even over at Meetup under California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Anyway, my guest today, I'm really excited for this because I have, you know, me being an animal lover and all that stuff, I've had communication with my deceased, my, my dogs and birds, even a bird that was deceased, communicated after the fact. So I'm really eager to talk with her. You guys can hear some of her background and then, and then hear what it's like for her. And her initial thing was she realized she could communicate with animals. Let me bring her in. Her name is Susan Allen. Here we go. Hi. Good. Hi. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Charlotte. Nice to be with you. Tell me about you. Uh, where do I start? It's a long story. Um, grew up a youngest of four in Brooklyn, New York. Grew up in, um, born in, in the 60s, had older brothers and sisters that always thought I was too sensitive, a mother that said she was watching me, whatever that meant, it really would freak me out. But I would just be talking to the spirit world and she'd walk in on me. I think my, my older brother said that it freaked him out because he walked in to get me out of my crib once and I was laughing and giggling and... He said, Susie, who are you talking to? And I said, the beautiful lady. And he said he ran out of the room. Wow. <laughs> it frightened him so much. So it's always where I think I went. Um, mm -hmm. 
because they were always, they were much older than me. My brother was 14 years older than me. My brother's 13 years older than me. And my sister was 10 years older than me. So they were teenagers and I was alone a lot. And I think I just went to that because growing up Italian, my Italian grandfather would just teach me about the saints and the mystics and the miracles. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of what I hung on to, you know, this beautiful life of that, you know, where I would transport myself. I knew how to self-soothe, I guess mm-hmm. you would say. You know, your background sounds a little like mine. My sister is 11 years older than I, than I am, and my brother was 13 years older. Oh, so I was forever around adults, you know, growing up. Too. And then with me, they say that I have a vivid imagination, but we all know what that is as a kid. Yeah. I was seeing stuff, you know, for years and years and years. So I, I can really relate with your with your background. What was your first experience, you know, as far as you know, with animals and stuff, what was your first experience with animals or when you realized you could communicate with them? It just always felt natural, natural to me. Like my dad would always bring me to the petting zoo in Coney Island, Brooklyn, whenever, you know, life was difficult at home. Um, and I just totally would feel different, if that makes sense. I, and I just always wanted to be around animals. Um, I think my first experience is, my first real communication was I couldn't ride horses anymore, but the girl at the ranch said, just come up and love on this horse. And I would go up and work on him. I would say every week, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd massage him. I'd give him five pounds of carrots, a little bit too many carrots, I think, but he was a big boy. And then I would, you know, just work on him, I think for an hour to two hours. And then he would bow his head when he knew that I was getting ready to leave and he'd let me kiss him on his head. He was a really big giant horse. They called him big red. Uh It was a show winner. And this was going on about 18 months. Uh And I also started meditating at that time, just because I, I had a very active mind to the point where I'd get anxiety attacks and I had to try to meditate, which, you know, a lot of people that have, um, depression or anxiety or things like that, usually there's a whole nother world going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I, this one time I went up there and I, I was always alone at this place and they had cameras everywhere. And he was telling me about his past and I thought, I'm crazy. I'm just making it up, making it up. And he brought me to his um, coming over from Germany and who he left in Germany. And then he brought me to his branding and he told me the date and what it felt like. And he said he missed his friend and that he did not want to work anymore in the show ring. And this was going on week after week. And then he said, (laughs) this is really going to sound crazy, but who cares? Right. I don't really care what people think. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing this work. Right. He actually downloaded to me in real time how to heal him and he said touch my back quarters and just leave your hands there and I could feel this cold and then I felt it warm and then I moved my hands away and this is the kind of healing I do for pets now I, I use the same method I don't 
Um, it just came to me. It wasn't like I became any kind of certified master in this. It's mm -hmm. the way that I've learned how to heal people and animals. Mm -hmm. And I started to journal everything he was telling me. And the woman that was leasing him for the show ring, mm -hmm. I brought the notebook out and I read everything that he wrote. He told me and she went blank, ran to her car and got cash and put it in my hand. And I wow. said, you don't have to pay me. And she said, you have an ability. And then it turned out that he really did need to retire, but nobody was listening. And six months later, she she's still a client. It was like 20 years ago. And she called me and said, the vet said, if we don't retire him, he won't get to retire. Ooh. And I visited him once a week in his new barn, like his retirement barn. Mm -hmm. And he was so gentle. He had a tiny mini horse in pasture with him. So I, I bring them carrots. And I was just, it was such a delight to have him in retirement. Like, I think he was able to live another three years. So nice. I wish I could have got him retired a year before, but you know, they were insisting that he loved the work. He loved being in the show ring. And, you know, we're talking money and dollars and people winning blue ribbons. It's like nothing this animal communicator is going to like come through because I wasn't really what I would say. I wasn't out of the closet with my animal work. I was still under a different name. I had a website up because I really wanted to be sure that I was able to deliver messages because I loved animals so much. So I would journal all my readings in the beginning. I have notebooks filled with journaled readings where I would meditate for 20 minutes. I would mm -hmm. journal for 30 minutes and then I'd be on the phone with the person for another hour. So I had to keep the, the job job because mm -hmm. it wasn't, right. it wasn't really uh, paying the bills, but my, my name built and built and built under my maiden name. Mm -hmm. And then I would say I really came out years, like three or four years ago as a full blown medium because dead people shortly after I was talking to animals were coming into the readings. And I thought, okay, if they're going to be this gentle mm -hmm. and not freak me out, I'll do this. I'll, I'll represent you. So I feel like, you know, like, you know, you probably heard this before that the spirit world will communicate with you the way that you need to communicate with them. Mm -hmm. And if they want to come through you, they will communicate in such a way that's easier on your body, metabolism, whatever you want to say about that. But my real love has always been animal work. I mean, it just feels like I walk in and it's, it's there for me. Whereas the mediumship, you're dealing with a person. I, and I, I mean, sadly, 90% of my business is private mediumship. I, I wish more people would understand that animals have a lot to say and they can improve your health and your life by listening mm -hmm. to your pet because they're with you 24 seven and they've diagnosed people for me. Right, right. They've given me good diagnoses for people. And I think um, most people want to hear about themselves, but people, they, it, you know, it's always important to be open when you come to a medium to feel unblocked and call to that medium. Like, 
I don't want any, most people that come to me are drawn to me, mm-hmm. you know, because you, I always don't worry about that because my tribe comes like the people find me that hear me and, or that want reading with me. And that's, that's just the way of this world. There's 400,000 mediums out there now. Mm-hmm. And I never worry about my work in the world because everybody has their stamp. Like you have your stamp. We have our right. footprint. We're here for a reason. Most of it just will unfold as you become more and more available to the spirit world. Absolutely. Now, is there a difference of how you communicate or how, how the animals communicate with you as to or as opposed to how a human communicates with you or, or say some, someone from the other side? That's a good question. No, they all have souls. They all communicate the same way. I, people have accused me of telepathy. It's not telepathy for me. I'm talking to the soul of the pet. Yes, I think telepathics plays um, plays a part because all of a sudden they'll flash um, a vitamin in front of my eyes or something or a vegetable that the person might need or a place or a location that I would suggest maybe this would be a better place for you to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so it plays a part, but when I'm talking to that pet, I'm in the world of that pet. I'm really feeling... I think you understand what I'm saying because you have said you have communicated with your bird and your mm-hmm. a dog. Mm-hmm. So my dog really started this whole thing because I, I my, my mother passed away. I was like 25 and my dog died a year later and I was, it was devastating as you know. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, I said, I'm never going to have another dog. I can't handle it. Cause it just felt like, um, a recapitulation of my own mother's death. It was pretty bad. And, but I was in my twenties and years later, I decided I wanted this Frenchie. It was the Frenchie craze. And I didn't, what did I know about not buying dogs? I mean, it was just so many years ago. And this little Frenchie came into my life and it was like, she was the daughter I never had. And she became my whole world. One of my animal clients said, you better get a bigger world. But she was my, my, my significant person. She was my, you know, in that movie, The Compass, she, you know, that, that name that they, Damon, she was like my, my secondary partner in the world, the most important. My husband doesn't like to hear that, but you know, he knew that love and he understood it. Right. And um, what, what happened was, is I decided I was undergoing this immense surgery at a younger age and that's why I couldn't ride horses and I was so terrified but after the surgery I was really stressed out because my other job was a really stressful business and my brother in New York who's a shrink who always questions this he's like how are you are you sure about that but now he's starting to really believe it because I'm get I get hits for him and I'll call him and I'll say this is what happened you need to do this and he goes oh my god okay Anyway, um, he said, do take a stupid online course. And I had my iPad and there was no zoom zoom. I don't even think existed. And it was a silly $99 three session animal intuition course. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I did it with 10 people on an iPad and uh, I, I'll never forget it. I just, the teacher said, let your weirdo fly. And man, I needed an outlet and I wasn't on painkillers. And I went very like introspective and I just started a journal about the teacher's pet. And this horse came through in such a way that he changed his, his verbiage from, nost uh, from nose to nostril and told him, told me he almost died. And he loved the, the ravens on his water bucket. It was so in depth. And when I reread it, and I'm not a writer, I'm struggling through my animal communication book, because it's so important to me to get this story that I, I keep procrastinating with it. So I'm, I'm trying really hard to space out my day so I could get this book published. Mm -hmm. And when I reread it, I went, Oh, my God, this is definitely not me. Because mm -hmm. it sounded like a Disney novel. It was unbelievable. Like, I'm not that writer. <laughs> I know it had to be channeled. And the teacher said in front of 10 people, yes, um, he had a nostril injury, he almost bled to death, I came home, and he was on the floor, and he needed a blood transfusion. It was very dramatic. And yes, the ravens are always on his water bucket. And there were other details like, that's kind of what triggered me into and I ran to my husband and I'm like, I'm doing this. And he goes, do not tell anyone you're doing that. Do not, you'll lose your business. You'll lose your job. Anyway. Um, the teacher wanted this incredible amount of money to get me through her university. And I'm like, well, do I get a gift this certificate? And she goes, no, you get testimonials. And so I was starting to just do that on my own. I was charging and getting testimonials charging like a nominal amount. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I built the business. And then I, it was all word of mouth, but when my cell phone was getting, I, I did it for testimonials. And then a healer worked on me and said, you're going to lose your gift unless you charge for your energy. Right. Right. It's an exchange. And that's when I started charging. And that's when the business developed like completely on its own. So when people call me and go, I think I'm connecting with animals and what should I do? I'm like mentor with me. That's what I can help you with mm -hmm. because you don't just jump in and quit your day job. It, it will unfold spirit. If you're meant to do this it unfolds. and mm -hmm. the mediums out there and the spiritualists that I can talk to about this, that follow you, you don't have to worry because the spirit world, if you're meant to do the work I and mean, you're meant to be a medium, they got you. Yeah. They're not going to let you fall on your face. They'll always have your back. They'll, they'll, they'll have your retirement. They'll have what you need. You won't starve. Like that's kind of the message mm -hmm. that I think people need to hear. Absolutely. And I was just thinking as you were talking about your, your, your dog passing away and all that. I had a Australian, Australian Kelby that passed away. And wow. I, I was distraught. Loved the dog. Loved her to yeah. pieces. And she finally, and it took a month or two to come to me in a dream for whatever reason. Maybe I wasn't ready, whatever. But it was weird because in the dream, I was walking up and down my street looking at Kelpies. Oh. And this voice comes into my head that says, find the black puppy. That'll be me. And I thought, wow. So I didn't do it for a couple of years because I, I had this rescue and I wanted her to like have me to herself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, 
just last year, and this is this is karma all the way. Um, I decided that once the rescue passed away because it got you know, it was real empty here. So I talked to the breeder that I work with, and she said, "Yeah, I've got a dog here." And I saw the photo; it looked like the dog that had passed away, like all those years wow. ago. Wow. And the, the kicker I love part, that. Of, the kicker part of it was, was that we always had boats growing up when I was as I was growing up, and my father had named them Old Gypsy Rose. And she says, oh, by the way, the dog's name is Gypsy. Perfect. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I've got her. She's, she's the sweetest thing. Uh, during this sickness, she was always there when I was coughing funny, you know, always in my face, get, giving me loves to because she was worried about me. So, so it's been interesting. Just like with the rescue that I wrote you about, as difficult as she was to deal with, when I tried to make you know, a second connection with her, I knew it because her eyes got real wide. So I knew you could just see it in her eyes how surprised she was. Beautiful. You know, doing that connection. Is there, you know, as far as like communicating, like I asked about this earlier, how do they tend to communicate with you? I mean, with, with human ghosts, obviously they're going to appear in front of you and all this, but the, but the animals do the same thing or how does that work as far as what you do? Well, I, they, I, I can't, I turn it on and turn it off. Like when okay. I'm in a swim, I, because I don't want to get bombarded because I'm a person, you know, and I want my health and I want my own life. Absolutely. So I don't really go into the spirit world. It's not like for me, and I really don't believe the mediums that walk into grocery stores and get these messages a couple of times, maybe, but if your whole life you're open, right? that's not going to be conducive to a, a long life in mediumship, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I remember I was having lunch with a girlfriend and her cat came right into my third eye while I was having lunch with her. Mm -hmm. And I felt like she should go home and he passed away like a week later. Um, so if I get that, I am going to give it, you know, if right. I get a hit like that, I'm not going to not give it. Um, and how they communicate with me is, I immediately feel a connection with them when I do my prayer and meditation. Mm -hmm. I like a photo of a pet. I like to look in the eyes of the pet. It's kind of my early training. I don't need a picture because if I'm connecting with a client for a, a, a like a, a regular psychic mediumship reading, right? Generally speaking, that dog is right there because they are the highest form of love and they come right in and I say, there's a dog here and it's black and white or whatever. And the person that I'm reading for will generally acknowledge it. But with the animals, it's, it's very much the same. Mm -hmm. It's not different for me. I mean, I know a lot of animal communicators that teach telepathy with pets that get right. images but I could feel the soul. I could feel the personality. I could feel, you know, um, more than just like telepathy. Telepathy is definitely a part of it. If you, if telepathy is what I'm thinking, like you get flashes some symbolically right, right. in your mind's eye, that is definitely part of it. But I wouldn't say it's all of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, differences in the way animals think, and this is something I've been curious about. Because you you know you got people that are dog lovers, you got people that are cat lovers. Is there a difference in, in, the, in the way the cat thinks than the dog, or is, because you know cats are more independent? 
Um, no, because again, I'm communicating with them on a soul level. So I don't get differences like that. It would be right. like talking to Joe and talking to Mary, right, you know, right. in, in the spirit world. It's the same thing because early, early on, it's almost like spirit taught me this business and taught me how to be a medium because early, early on, I was living by a young woman who had this amazing dog. And I said, you know, I talk to animals and we'd walk my little dog with her big dog. And I was crazy about this dog. And I said, you know, this is like a part-time thing that I do. And I did a reading for this dog. And he said to me, like, I'm not this big philosopher where I do tons of reading on different religions. And he said to me, I was her dad in a past place. And I I told her this. And she said to me, I said, I've never had a dog tell me that or an animal tell me that. And she said, oh, well, I'm Buddhist. And we believe that an, an animal, a person's soul will incarnate as a dog at least once in the soul's lifetime. And if a soul is infinite and we keep doing this dance of reincarnation or we spend time in heaven because our karma is fully done here, mm-hmm. Um, and then we could choose to come back or that is, that was very significant for me. And that was way in the beginning. So I kept an open mind because my, because part of mediumship is to step out and let something else step in the higher, the higher entity, the, the angels, the guides, the animal souls. Right. And, but it was, I, I'm very like, you would think I was a Virgo, but I'm a Pisces. I'm so discerning. Like I want evidence. I will come on, you know? Um, so I had to really let go of that because if my mind in the beginning would come in, I wouldn't say half the things I would say, you know? Right. Right. Would right. Be like That doesn't make sense. I'm going to edit that. And it always makes sense to the person I'm reading for. It doesn't sure make does. sense for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, you just say you go to this is what I'm curious about. And I know, you know, a lot of psychics, when they go to the mall, they're overwhelmed by all that energy at the mall because there's just I'm like that. I'm an empath. Yeah. I spend a lot of yeah. time alone. I totally so, get that. When you go to like a ranch or someplace like that where there's animals, does it work the same way? Are they reaching out to you because they can sense you? Um, I just kind of like feel like I'm high as a kite and like a little kid in a candy store. I also feel like that when I go to gem shows, because these are living things as well. Right, right. So when I go to a ranch, I kind of go to where I feel most needed. Um, but I usually say hi to everybody. I don't feel, um, I can say this, I don't feel, um, burdened by animals like I do with people I think most empaths could feel a burden from a person um, that I'm around or you know if friends reach out and say I just got COVID it's hard on me I have to kind of step step it back I don't answer my test text right away I really had to learn this it's like a discernment I have to be careful and guard my energy because it's what I have. Like our energy is all we have. So we have to discern and guard that energetic field. I think that's what a lot of people don't realize about psychics and mediums and all this. 
that every time we reach out to someone from the other side, it takes a little bit. Of, it takes a little bit out of us. A little bit. Well, it depends. Yeah, I mean, you, you I think. Really the, I to. think it takes. I think it also depends on who you're reading for. Right. Because the person you're reading for, if they have this, like, um, stronghold, or they have like this feeling, like I have to hear, I have to know, blah blah. blah it kind of blocks a lot and usually the person they want to hear from will come in but it's usually the last 10 minutes of the reading but they'll get what they need right but i had to go through like all the other relatives first i also think like i get a lot of what people die of and that's an energetic imprint mm -hmm. on your own body they leave an energy so you have to like meditate diffuse get and that's why um, I think like, I don't do 40 readings a week. I, I just, I can't, I'm not, I did it. I did it for a long time. And it's like, you start losing, um, your joy because right. you're always inundated. So you really have to discern. Um, and you know, like you said, you're, you're an empath too. Because I know even doing ghost hunting as much as I do, but like if, if, if you let your guard down in a haunted location, good luck with that, you know, because I know I've been doing just the post part where I'm showing the client, you know, the evidence that, 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 that we obtained and I could feel something go right through me. My stomach flips. Oh, and then I, the next, I next had, I had to almost leave real estate because of that. That's where I ended up because I would walk in people's homes. Mm -hmm. Their dog would go crazy for me. But I would feel something there that I don't want to be in this house. And right. I, I've been known, I, I gave back a $2 million listing because I walked in the house and I felt something breathe on the back of my neck and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Absolutely. And people Absolutely. thought I was crazy, but I didn't want to even refer it to another realtor because I care about people, you know? Right. right. Um, so I, yeah. I totally get that. I, I don't know if I want to walk into haunted places, to be honest with you. Well, and then afterwards, you, you're you exhausted. I mean, I'm down for like four or five days afterwards because I didn't see it coming. You know, they, they just invaded my space literally. But they're, you know, but that's the thing, though. They want to feel that energy because they don't feel it anymore. That's and so right. they want to feel that life force. That's right. And, and it's, it's sad, but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's hard on us as empaths to have to deal with that as well. When you walk out into some place, and let's say you're going to dinner at some corporate meeting or or something, how do you? I don't. I don't go to corporate meetings or, <laughs> like, or parties but, or whatever. You know, how do you I do really it? go to parties? I don't know how mediums attend a lot of parties. I mean, I do a big. I do big events, right? Um, and sometimes I'm still very open, and mm -hmm. I, it just happens. I was. I did an event at um, you know, a house, and there were a lot of people there. And I was just gathering my things. And this woman came up to me and started to rub my arm really hard. And I almost felt like I was getting pushed over because I wasn't quite in my body yet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what, what's happening? And it took me like two days and I was kind of aggravated about it. And then I realized I better have some, you know, going into people's homes, I have to have, don't touch the medium unless the medium comes to you to touch you and asks for a hug. I mean, you have to kind of discern and it's like that with spirits because I remember 
the fabulous Mavis Patilla, I went to Seattle to study with her for a week and it was unbelievable. And I was in a hotel and she and Jean were downstairs and I was right up above them. And we were the only people in the whole, whole hotel except somebody above us. Mm-hmm. And this person above us decided to just open a portal. They told me about it the next day. And we were literally on an Indian site on a gorgeous bay with eagles everywhere. And it reminded me of Hogwarts. Like it was beautiful. And it was very, it was very, very, very new for me. I was really a born medium and natural at it. And I wasn't like heavily trained. And I'm kind of glad I wasn't because I remember I represented a painter years ago and she had never gone to art school. And we didn't want her to go to art school because we didn't want her to feel confined in the work. She, we just wanted her to be who she was going to be. Um, and I felt like, yes, there's ethics, but I, would, I, I know ethics. You know, you can't kind of train people how to be ethical in the work. You know, that, that comes, that's either part of you or it's not part of you. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember I heard, it was kind of creepy. I heard like, it sounded like Indians were running upstairs back and forth. I didn't know we were on an ancient right. Indian burial site. Right. And it sounded like, I mean, it sounded crazy like nobody can make that kind of noise no no two women can make that kind of noise and then I was just getting ready to get in bed and I felt some somebody blow on the back of my neck and it was very uncomfortable the next day I questioned the women above me and they said oh yeah we opened the portal and you're not the first person that said about the noise running back and forth they heard it in the next building Wow. So then I went, oh, my God, like people are really doing this, you know, <laughs> like opening portals all over the place. Um, so, you know, I I definitely armor up when I go out. Like I, I, I used to be this. I love shopping. I don't really I'm in and out. Like if I'm in a store, I'm out. I can remember like 20 years ago, I was in Costco and I felt this man go by me. I wasn't even really a medium yet or out of the closet. And I knew he had murdered somebody and I turned around and I tried to figure out who it was. And I'm like, as I'm telling you this, the chills are, I'm getting the chills and I couldn't discern who this was. And I wasn't getting a clear picture, but I knew it's like a knowing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm so interested in, you know, in the work you do, you know, with, with, with regular type of ghosts, and animals and when, when you communicate with animals like like you said are, let's go back over that are you getting pictures i hope they're or? not ghosts i think i'm communicating with souls <laughs> <laughs> you're the ghost hunter i'm not a ghost hunter <laughs> well I, I got a story for you about native american ghosts um we uh, we did this investigation in this house in this town called marysville and there was kind of like personality changes going on with, with the kids and yeah. it turns out that it was Native American ground but what was interesting about this case was that it's August it's 110 outside no wind and as I'm standing there I can hear the wind pick up you can literally hear it and on the wind you can hear the drums beating wow 
and I looked at the sign. I have so chills. I know I it's real. I looked at the real. name I had with me, and uh -huh. I said, do you hear that? And she goes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the ancestors. Wow. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? I love That's all that. amazing. But it was a, you know, one of those howling winds, just that whoa kind of sound when it came up. And then mm -hmm. you could hear the drums behind it. So, you know, you do run into that stuff when you're out in the field like that. Um, when the animals talk or communicate with you uh, to get their message across to you, is it difficult or is it something fairly easy? No, it's just like I'm having a conversation with you. Okay. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel like there's pressure. It just feels very natural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't about have to pull. I don't, I don't have to pull if that's, yeah. You talked about horses and dogs and stuff. What other types of animals have you communicated with? Uh, Russian hamsters, fish, uh, wild gophers. A wild gopher, this woman contacted me that all her vegetables in her, her organic farm were getting eaten before. Um, she didn't actually tell me. What I told her was the gophers told me it's the deer. And she went, oh my God. I thought it was the gophers because I did see deer tracks. So that was kind of cool. Right. And then um, I saw this, you know, I saw what happened to the fish. They put a, a frog in the bottom of the bowl and the frog jumped up and bit the fish because he didn't want to share the bowl. And I, I was like, why would you mix a frog with a fish? Or when I talked to a dog in North Michigan, mm -hmm. he was terrified of the... Um, gerbils and the woman never told me there were gerbils in the house and i go why is he so fr frightened he's telling me he's frightened the gerbils are going to get hurt and he worries about them well her little son was letting the gerbils out of the cage all the time and the dog was very anxiety ridden because he's worried the gerbils would fall or get hurt or get stepped on so that was kind of cool um and you know, animals come through in the spirit world all the time when I'm having conversations with people. I kind of ask them, you know, I know you signed up for this, like when an animal reading usually. I know you signed up for an animal reading, but sometimes they'll show me who they're hanging out with in the spirit world. Are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But if I'm doing like a regular medium reading, an animal may just walk past me to say hello. And then I give that message to the person. It's a wonderful talent to have, though, because like, you know, a lot of people don't realize that animals to a lot of people are family. Oh, and you I get that same imagine. feeling when they pass. It hurts just as much as when a human passes. And so there's a lot of people that are distraught and would, lo would love to have that communication with their animal. Um, I feel like losing a pet was worse than losing my mom. And we were very close. So I don't, I, 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 I it really taught me so much because I was doing animal bereavement, end of life, talking to clients, knowing like my girlfriend would say, well, what should I do? When will I know? And I just got a flash. You'll know in four days. And on the fourth day, that cat acted bizarre. And she knew that that was the day. Right. Because they will tell you when they're ready. But then people like to call me to validate because euthanizing an animal is so hard because we always doubt right. ourselves. 
right. even if a vet will tell you it's time that dog has lost its life force, it's still really hard. Yes. I mean, it's really hard. It's so much easier if they just go in their sleep. Like I tell my clients, ask them to go into sleep. Ask them to go in the middle of the night when you're lying next to him. Try to get them to go that way because I don't want the person to have all this worry and anxiety. They're ready when you're ready, but I think people beat themselves up. And also when I was a realtor, it was really cool. Um, I emailed the escrow officer and I said, did, um, did we close? And she goes, you must be psychic. And I said, I'm an animal intuitive because this is before dead people were coming into my reading. She goes, I'm booking a session with you. And it was pretty, I get excited because I didn't know anything about her deceased Pat. And I said, he said he had trouble breathing. And he said that he's very happy that you did this. And then he gave me a lot of evidence of skateboard in the back and filet mignons. Her husband said the dog, like they were really extravagant with the dog. And she didn't really know a lot of this and then checked it out with her husband. Mm-hmm. But her biggest fear was that she euthanized the dog too soon. And maybe she had another month. And that, like, people carry that. And so if you're having a bad day and you're not meditated or doing your affirmations in the morning that I tell my mentees, okay, four things in the morning you're grateful for. Do your, do your affirmations. Read them out loud. Let's look and do the mirror work. Like, I teach this as a precursor to mediumship because this is the protective devices. So when your thoughts get bunk or low or fear related, all these memories start piling up and it's like becomes like um, a cyclone of bad feelings, which I don't want. We we can, we can power up and not have those feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's really like why I think I'm here. Yeah. Mediumship is amazing. And what a gift and what a love for me. But I really feel like I'm here to give a message of hope and escalate people's elevation into their consciousness of thinking the highest and best thoughts, you know? Do animals know when it's near their time to, to, to cross over? I think so, yeah. I think they know when they're leaving. I mean, my dog looked at me years years before she passed like a year before she passed and she looked at me and she said you better start learning about yourself and learning to really love and embrace your abilities because i ain't going to be here forever and we never had that connection until that moment and i knew it was real because just like when i do my mediumship or i'm in a higher elevated state in meditation i guess it feels different you know, the energy feels different, like how you felt something pass through you. Right. You just feel different. And I looked at her and I was like, wow. Because it's so easy when you live with an animal because they are, they just like mimic you and look in your eyes and tell you you're supposed to be here and you're supposed to just be here. That's the importance of an animal, I think. Mo- you know, they're healers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, along that line, uh, because people, like you say, people have horrible guilt when they have to put the, you know, put their animal to sleep. Does the animal know what's going on when they yeah, go to the Generally, bed? they That's- do. Okay. Yeah, generally, they do. And, and you know, I, I, was wor- I was working with a euthanasia vet for a while, mm-hmm. 
And she's like, we talked about cats and cats sometimes can bite that. But a lot of people will tell me dramatic stories about their cats crossing over, you know, after the fact. Um, but I, I think that they know that it's their time. And that's why you'll see dogs disappear or go in a part of the house to get away from you because they want this separation. Yeah, I, think, I definitely think they know. Yeah, I know that bothers a lot of people. You know, I know it's bothered me in the past, but when I've had to put, you know, have them put down, whether or not the dog is aware of what that needle prick, is, you know, that last needle thing going in, is. Um, I think we take them out of their pain. I think it's, you know, and I have to wrap it up because they do have a session. Okay. But I think I want to say this: it's the bravest act. Mm-hmm to do as a human being to help your dog cross over to the spirit world. And right. we're now doing it with people. Like if people are end stage, right. we're, we're having right to die states where we can help people cross over too. I mean, I know that religious fanatics won't get that, but I think it's a brave act. And, you know, for somebody to take that act seriously and, help their animal when they're suffering or can't walk anymore. Or right. I think it's a brave act. I mean, easier on us if they cross in their sleep, but much harder on us if we have to help them, but it's still right. a very brave act. Right. Right. And so, nobody can tell you when to do it. I mean, it's, right. yeah, it is what it is. You know, just, it's unfortunate. So are they around us all the time after they pass? Do they hang out with us? I think so. Oh, absolutely. They're there as a guide and they're there as um, a helper. And, you know, they can choose to reincarnate. I mean, I've had animals give me signs and symbols of what to look for when they come in, you know, when they come in. And I, I remember, I'll just tell you a quick story and then I really have to okay, part. Okay, fair enough. Um, somebody referred me um, and the woman was so bereft. She was very angry. And I thought, I'm never going to hear from this woman. And I just sent her the, the, the recording and she completely books another appointment like a month later. I was really late on getting the recording out. I was in between my helpers and um, she said, she took me to lunch and she said, you said when I asked you, is he coming back? And I said, yes. And you said, and I said, how would I know? And I said, there will, there will be, and I've never used this terminology, an electrical occurrence. Wow. And she was at a breeder's in Utah on a farm with a generator, a big generator, big farm. And she said, all of a sudden, everything was black. She videotaped it and sent me the video. Wow. And the next thing in front of her was her dog. A puppy had run up to her when the lights went on. And the breeder in Utah said, this never happens. I have a generator. It goes right on. Mm -hmm. So how, what a blessing for this woman. And then we've stayed very close friends. And she has um, said to me, when I got the puppy, he knew all the tricks right away. I just did it once. And this dog knew all the tricks my old dog knew. So uh, I thought that was really cool. 
That is really cool. I you know, we just, we just, thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. Sorry. I, yeah, no, I want to thank you for coming on. I really oh, appreciate thanks for it. having me. I love to talk about it. I love to talk about animals and how special they are and how try really hard not to bring your dog to a shelter and not to give your dog away. Not so much for them, uh -huh. but for you because they're healers and they're, they're really meant to be with you. Uh -huh. The course of your life to help transform you and um, share their abilities with you and help you get to where you're supposed to be in the world. So I, I highly encourage you to do what you can to keep your pet, not because I'm sad about animals in shelters. I really know that they're on a mission to be here to help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. How can people find you? Oh, um, SusanAllenMedium.com. And uh, I'm on Instagram at, at SusanAllenMedium. And I, if, it's sometimes hard to get into my schedule, but if you need me and it's for an animal, we'll get you in sooner. Absolutely. Fantastic. I'd love to have you on again to talk more about this. I'm so fascinated by it. Um, maybe, maybe sometime in the future. Maybe. It was lovely to meet you and thanks for doing what you do. And thank you so much. You have a great rest of your day. You do too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye. All right. That was a fascinating interview. And uh, yeah, it gave me even more thoughts about communicating with, you know, with the animals I have here. Okay, tomorrow uh, I will be reading from the spooky Christmas storybook. So we're going to continue that and try and finish that thing off tomorrow. So I will see you at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great day. And oh, yes, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here at California Hunts Radio. So uh, just trying to get the word out about the show and whatnot. So, uh, again, I want to thank my guests and uh, thank all you guys for watching this. I'll see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great one.